Well, you can see my better than half is not here. Uh, I am batching it, and she is in Idaho. Uh, she's been gone all week moving Caleb in, so they, they drove away uh, in a trailer that was about ready to fall apart, but they didn't know it. Have you ever kept angels super busy and you didn't know you were keeping them busy? So they get to Idaho in this trailer. He gets his trailer like you should, you should, sometimes you should know you get what you pay for in terms of value, you know. And so somebody gave him a trailer. And uh, so they get to Idaho and they get it all unloaded. And it was an enclosed trailer with kind of this little roof on it. So they get it all unloaded, and uh, they, that's after driving eight hours and 40 minutes to Boise. And they get it all unloaded. They get it moved up into his apartment. They drive a block to go to a store to pick up something and stop at a stop sign, and the top of the lid slides forward a foot and a half and starts teetering to fall off. So come to find out, the top of this whole trailer was not attached. They drove to Idaho with an unattached trailer lid. I said, what was holding it on? I mean, like, I should have paid more attention, right? There was a little white cotton rope about a quarter of an inch thick that went from the tongue over the top of the trailer lid. That's what was holding the trailer lid on. Like, you've got to be kidding me. I falsely assumed there might have been screws or brackets or something, but anyway, so they had a miracle trip, and uh, so they got Caleb all moved in, and today they're at Capital Christian Church in Boise, and um, so they've been having a great week, and it's wonderful, Uh, and the house is messy. So before 6 o'clock, actually before 4 o'clock, uh, when I leave to go to the airport or somewhere in there, 4.30, 5 o'clock, somewhere in there, we have to have the lawn mowed, the house vacuumed, and the carpet's got not a lot of use this week, but we do have to pick up all the clothes that's been protecting the carpet <laughs> and make the house ready for Mrs. Wolf. So I did run one load through the dishwasher, though, so it's pretty, it's pretty, it's pretty good. And Sterling unloaded that load. So that's good. And the dog did not go to the bathroom in the house. So, I mean, and neither did the boys. So, actually, it's been a good... No, actually, the boys did. All right, we'll work on that later. But anyway, it's been a good week. Happy Father's Day. Uh, July 3rd, some things coming up. Uh, July 3rd, we're going to the Rainiers game together, so we've got a block of 50 seats together. Uh, It's fun, and uh, I don't know, you know, for us it's been fun because our kids, as they've grown up, they want to go do their own thing on July 4th, so this is just a great family activity. We all go, and we're together for the game, and then there's fireworks afterwards, and just a great evening of fun. So if you want to join us, see Sandy right afterwards. Uh, So... It's $12, and it includes uh, a meal uh, that you get there in the group ticket area. So uh, see Sandy at the Media Center probably right afterwards if you want to be a part of that. So that's going to be fun. Uh, Water baptism is next Sunday. So be sure and sign up for water baptism. 
Uh, if you've not been baptized in water or you're interested in being baptized in water, then uh, sign up and or see us after service today uh, so we can make sure you're on the list and you've got uh, appropriate information and you're ready for that day. Amen? And then we've got food fundraisers uh, today after service. So if you're sticking around for a couple minutes, uh, then we want you to be a part of that as well as we are supporting our, our teams to camp and to... Africa. Amen? Let's stand and pray over the Word this morning. Can we do that? Are you glad to be in church? Yeah. Oh, isn't it good that God is, uh, God is so good, yeah. you know? And I know that um, what I love is that, that Father, Father likes life. Isn't that crazy? Father likes life. Did you know all of this stuff? He is either created or given us the ability to create. Those crazy, the, the crazy panels on these cars are made out of cooked rock. Yeah, iron ore. Iron ore. We heat it up. We melt it. We get it hot. We put it in molds. Think about how good God is, Right? We pull this stuff up out of the ground called tar, and we end up, you know, making tires out of it, round things that roll on rocky roads without nerves. Aren't you glad you're not a tire? They don't have nerves. It's just, it's so fun that God cares about everything we do, and He's released all of this wisdom and knowledge and understanding, and it's for our enjoyment. It's for our pleasure. Did you know God loves it when you enjoy life? Is that crazy good? Isn't that wonderful? Hello? You're way too religious for me. This, this service is so holy, it's beyond my holiness. God loves it when you enjoy life. I, I want to pray with you this morning, and I want you to just open up your heart, because I think when we understand God's nature toward us, we will be more prone to run toward Him instead of away from Him. So, Father, we just welcome Your revelation right now. We welcome illumination. We welcome insight. We welcome the touch of your Spirit on our hearts. And we just, we just ask you to continue to help us understand you fully and to frame you in our world with trust and hope and love. All of the ingredients to the recipe that help us as your kids. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. And everybody said. Yeah, she just wants to get in the car and drive home. That's all. Huh? Jack says we have to drive one of the Mustangs. We have to drive a Mustang. Part of what I want to talk to you this morning about is uh, do we want rebellion or do we want renewal? Do we want rebellion or do we want renewal? Do we want rebellion or do we want restoration? Do we want, do we want rebellion or do we want the fullness of what God has for us? And I know that just sounds like a crazy, maybe a provocative title or thought uh, to throw out at you. 
But here's my thinking is that that if you don't believe that God is concerned about you in any particular area of life, then to the degree that you don't believe that, to that degree you will become rebellious. That is, you will, you will decide consciously or subconsciously, I have to do it my way or I have to do it anyway. So, you know, some of the, some of the spokes of life uh, that I think are important to us and we're, we're born with this like innate thing on the inside of us where it's important. Yeah? Um, stuff is one of those realms. Everything that pertains to stuff. Um, and it, it seems like potentially the older you get, the more stuff-oriented you get. So I've noticed that with all of my kids. Initially, they don't care what they're wearing. But eventually, they start really caring about what they're wearing. Eventually, they don't care what mom and dad are driving. But eventually, they really care about what mom and dad are driving. So much so that please don't drop us off near the school. Please drop us off two blocks away. You know what I'm talking about? So... uh, so stuff tends to get more and more important. So here's the thing, is that if you're convinced that God doesn't care about stuff, that to the degree that you're convinced that God doesn't care about your stuff, to that degree, you will be subconsciously embracing inward rebellion. You'll have rebellion going on on the inside, that is resistance to God, and you won't know why. Or maybe you will know why if you've consciously thought through this process. Because stuff is one of the spokes that you are innately born with. And we're told in Matthew 6.33 that as much as, as much as you know you need stuff, have a concern over stuff, have an inborn, have an inborn thing for stuff, that God knows that you need stuff. Right? How many of you think God knows you need stuff? How many of you think it actually uh, depletes God, bankrupts heaven, harms the economy of heaven if you're in better stuff than worser stuff? Is it more spiritual to be in worse stuff than good stuff? Which is more spiritual? Am I messing with you? So Matthew 6.33, many of you know Matthew 6.33, seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all these things shall be added to you. Now before that, we know the Scripture says, why do you worry about stuff and about things? Why are you spending your time in anxiety or worry over stuff and over things when Father knows that you need all these things? How many of you know Father knows you need all these things? 
And you can't add these things to your life or the things that you worry about. You can't add them to your life with the worry. But Father would love to be a partner in the addition of these things to your life. He cares about stuff. Other spokes of life that that I think are important that when we pop out of the womb that we start thinking about right away are, 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 are some of these that I've listed here, family or community. Being connected in family is super important. Sexual and relational fulfillment is super important. Purpose and vocational fulfillment, super important. Provision, prosperity, super important. Rest and recreation, super important. Right? How many of you think that one's important? How many of you think that one's important? How many of you think that rest and recreation is actually of God? Okay, 20 of you. That's good. That's positive. That's positive. Growth and maturity. How many of you, how many of you ever thought about growth and maturity growing up? Yeah, it's super important. Okay? And remember, when you were young, I know this is a while back, but when you were young, you used to meditate and fantasize and imagine growing up. Now that you're all grown up, you're wondering what in the world you were doing. (laughs) You'd love to go back to not being grown up, but nonetheless, you used to think about it all the time or often because it was a part of that which was inborn within you, an inborn drive within you. These things are important. Household and belonging. So I've listed a few things here. Family, community, sexual fulfillment, purpose, vocation, provision, prosperity, rest and recreation, growth and maturity, household and belonging. God knows that you have these needs, that you have these inborn desires and needs because He wired you with them. He put the longing within you for those things to be fulfilled. But religion maybe has come along Certainly, we know something. We know that the beginning of our life, we weren't under the leading of the Lord. The beginning of our life, we were under the leading of, just whisper his name, Satan. That was the influence of our lives, right? The majority influence of our lives before we came to the Lord, we were under the leadership or the influence of the demonic realm, of the carnal the unsaved, the unregenerate realm. And so the enemy was lying to us and telling us that God doesn't care about your needs. God only cares about His needs. That it's actually spiritual to deny your needs. That's what spirituality is. True spirituality is to deny your needs. There's one of the lies of the enemy right there. That God will only accept you when you die to your needs. There's one of his lies. We have complete religious systems all across the world built on self-denial. Did you know, and Colossians tells us this, the Apostle Paul writes that denying your flesh does not actually, denying the 
that I shouldn't say they're flesh, but de- denying these needs, these inborn needs within you, denying them actually does not take away the sinful nature. There's actually more power for you to overcome the sinful nature in realizing that Father wants to meet your needs. That you have come to a Father who cares about you. You've come to a Father who wants to supply and satisfy, who wants to be the source of fulfillment for you. That Father's not asking you to deny your needs. Father's asking you to work with Him, to partner with Him, that your needs will be supplied with Him as your true provision, provider, and supplier. What God's really asking us to do is to deny getting our needs met in a sinful way. That's what the Ten Commandments were all about. Really, if we cook the Ten Commandments down, Jesus cooked the Ten Commandments down. He boiled them down in Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven, And He says it's about loving Father with all of your heart and loving your neighbor as yourself. The Ten Commandments were really helping us understand that in the process of getting our needs met, we shouldn't violate one another. And when we're connected to God in relationship, we don't have to violate one another for the fulfillment of our needs. So don't lie. Don't steal your neighbor's stuff. Don't harm your neighbor. Essentially, it's love. Essentially, He's saying that He wants to meet our needs, but He doesn't want us to meet our needs in a sinful way. In pride, in theft, in dishonesty, in profanity, in immorality, in drunkenness. He wants us to partner with Him and to trust Him. But we have to be very careful that we're looking within our hearts and really examining our hearts because if we in any small way have believed that God does not want to supply our needs, again, it'll promote rebellion. And we won't know why rebellion's there. It will promote a level of distrust. It will promote a subconscious level of running from God instead of running to God. Rest and recreation might be one of the... Maybe, maybe that's one you're dealing with right now. You know, when it comes time for rest and recreation, even a vocation, do you pray about it? Or do you feel like that would be really unspiritual? God's into evangelism. He's into food banks. But He's not into vacations. Let's not pray about that. Hello, somebody. No, God is into fulfillment for your life. God, God is leading you. God is directing you. God is giving you wisdom. The fact is, if we keep running to God with our needs, if we keep looking to God, then the Holy Spirit will also be guiding us with His coaching voice of wisdom and self-control. As long as we're running to Him, we'll have His leading, and so we'll have the clarity to stay on course and to stay out of realms of abuse or foolishness or extremes. Amen? Now, He tells us in the Word how much He loves us, and He goes to great length 
to get us to believe that He wants to supply our needs. And throughout the Word, He's put all these promises we've been talking about, and we've been having fun with this. At least I have. I don't know how much fun you've been having. We've been talking about 2 Corinthians 1.20, that the promises of God are yes and amen to those who are in Christ Jesus. Promises, I I, I want you to see promises are kind of like an interlink between internet shopping and -and brick-and-mortar shopping. There's a link. You go into a -a brick-and-mortar store, and there's the box. I went to Macy's and bought waffle makers last night. I was so excited about those waffle makers. They had my favorite waffle maker on sale yesterday. Like a Father's Day promo, right? So they've got, they've got waffle makers on sale. So you go in and you buy the waffle maker, and, and there's the box, and there's the picture on the box, and, and it looks so cool, and there it is. But what if you got home and there was nothing in the box? You had to download it. The perfect combination of brick and mortar and internet. When you go to the brick and the mortar store, when you, when you, you, actually, the only thing on the shelves is boxes, but the boxes are empty. You have to download the product. I, I, I want you to think of promises that way. I think that's the way promises are. God has the shelves lined. The kingdom shelves are lined with everything you need, but you have to download it by faith. Every promise, every promise has a part that you play. That God has pledged Himself to meet your needs. God has pledged Himself to be your supply. God has pledged Himself to be your provisionary partner for a marriage, for recreation, for vocation, for purpose, for provision, for your dreams, for every single thing. He's got it packaged and it's in a box, but your part is you have to download it by faith. You have to pull it down by believing. And guess what? Even this morning when we downloaded that video, it took about three minutes to download. And a little arrow was down on the screen Even though we clicked on it properly, we clicked the download button, a little arrow was blinking, and it told us how much longer until the download would be complete so that we could open the download. That's the way faith works. Faith is the monetary exchange of the kingdom. That's the way faith works. God has all of this stuff for us, but all of it is potentially available by way of promise should we download it with the exercise of our faith. You ever aborted one of those downloads? Oh, yeah. I did it yesterday. Almost did it this morning when Michael said right-click on something. I almost did the left-click, you know, and did the cancel. Sometimes we cancel the download of God's blessing or God's provision right in the middle of the download. 
we run out of patience because instead of three minutes, it might take three months. You actually have to keep the download active. You actually have to continue to believe maybe for three months, maybe for three years, maybe for six months, maybe for ten years. You have to continue the download, not changing, not reversing, not canceling what you are receiving. It's coming out of the cloud. The arrow's still blinking, and you can't abort it while... You can't stop it. You can't... Don't kill it. Don't cancel while it's still coming down. You still continue with your faith to believe. This is the way promises work. So God... God doesn't just hand us stuff to supply for our needs. What He hands us is a picture of the answer on a kingdom shelf... Part of why I love the Word, part of why I love prayer, is because when I go into prayer and I go into the Word, I see what He's packaged for me on the kingdom shelf at the kingdom store. I see it there. And I I can begin to activate my faith to create a download. And this is really what separates so many Christians from other Christians. Some have just chosen to go into the kingdom store, examine the merchandise, and begin to download more stuff than others. Am I messing with you? What separates one Christian from another? What separates one believer from another? I really think it's how much stuff you've downloaded. How much stuff you believe to download. How much stuff you believe God has available for you to download? Some Christians are just wildly childlike in their faith. Unless you become like a child, that's the words of Jesus. What's a child do in a store? I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that, I want that. A child walks up and down every row looking at the shelves of what's available with wide eyes, all excited about what they could have. That's a kingdom child. A kingdom child is looking at everything that God has made available, recognizing that it's all available for me now in Jesus because Jesus fulfilled the requirements of the promises. And so the promises of God are yes and amen to those who are in Him. Are you in Him today? I mean, hidden in Him. I mean, covered by Him. I mean, wrapped up in Him. Woven in Him. Addressing Father through Him. Made one with Him. Forgiven through Him. Made righteous through Him. Covered by Him. If that's you, then you can walk up and down kingdom shelves and start some downloads. And you can be downloading more than one item at a time. You can start downloading restoration in your marriage. You can start downloading restoration in your finances. You can start downloading breakthroughs in your family and restoration with your family. You can start downloading peace in your home. It's your faith that is the monetary exchange into the kingdom realm. It's your faith box. 
If you don't spend faith bucks, then the promises cannot flow. Promises are just sitting on shelves with beautiful pictures waiting for you to use your faith to begin the download. If you do not believe that God has good for you, then you, you will be exempted. You will be exempted. Not because of Him, because of you. Something has messed you up. Some religious lie has come along and messed up your ability to reach into the faith realm and begin to believe. And it's not beg. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 1.20. I am so convinced that we have to get this. I really don't believe coming to God is Russian roulette. I really don't believe it's fatalism. I really don't believe it's, it's pie in the sky and the sweet by and by. Reading out of the New American Standard, which may be different than what we have. We have the NIV on the screen. They're both good. For as many be, for as many as may be the promises of God, in him they are. Yes. Wherefore also by him is our amen to the glory of God through us. For as many as are the promises of God in him they are yes. Therefore also through him is our amen. They are yes and amen. What's the word amen mean? So be it. Come to pass. Yes. Amen is so be it. I agree. Amen is I agree. Why do we say amen at the end of some crazy phrase that a preacher would preach? What are we saying? I agree. Right? I cast my vote. I want that. Yes. That's me. That's for me. Right? The promises of God are not... Now listen, let's just mess with you a little bit and mess with religion. For as many as are the promises of God, in Him they are, come forth begging. He qualified, and you, if you crawl forward on the carpet, you may qualify too. For as many as are the promises of God... In Him, though you might be in Him fully, you little worm. Yea, verily. Petition Him for many hours. The new religious translation might be really powerful, don't you think? This is what we've done. We aren't sure. We, we really don't know. We, 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 we. Look how simple this is. The promises of God are yes. And therefore, amen. Wow. How about healing? Yes. Oh, Father, please, 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 please. No, no, yes. Yes. Yes, we receive healing. 
Amen. So be it. Healing. Well, how, how, how about provision? Yes. You name the need. Just name the need. I gave you categories. Well, God's not concerned about sexual fulfillment. Certainly that would be sinful. Really? Really? He created it. You're exempting him out of his own creation? Hello? No, it's yes. How about family? How about community? How about, how about health? How about vocation? How about purpose? All of these things that you are the most concerned about, he's more concerned about than you are, but he cannot get them off the shelf into your life until you say yes. Until you come into agreement. And if you don't come into agreement, if you, if you don't walk with him in this, if you aren't drawn near to him, if you think that he's not into this, then within you it will, it will produce distrust and and a little hint of rebellion, and, and you'll just be working this out on your own, and you'll be trying to work it out on your own, and you'll be, and you'll be thinking, he's not into this, but, but you can't live without it. And he, he wants to be the source. He is jealous that he's the source. He's jealous that he's the first person that you look to. Lord, Lord, Holy Spirit, you, you teach me about sexual fulfillment. Holy Spirit, you teach me about a better marriage. Holy Spirit, you teach me about growth and maturity and education. He, God is, through the Holy Spirit, your number one coaching friend. And when you begin to come to Him looking and, and inquiring, he, He's going to run you down some of the aisles where there's stuff on the shelves that will give you the very key, the very breakthrough, the very insight, the very grace that you need for that area of your life. A promise is a pledge to be fulfilled when the receiving party has met the criteria of receiving, of which we have done in Jesus. A a promise is a legally binding declaration that gives the person to whom it is made a right to expect or to claim the performance or forbearance of a specified act. The Bible's full of this stuff, right? Galatians 3.13 He became, Jesus became a curse for us that we might receive the blessing of Abraham and that we would receive the Spirit by faith. There's promise after promise after promise. We've been meditating on the promises of Deuteronomy 28. We've been meditating on the promises of Romans 5.17. The Word is full of promises. 1 John 4.17, He is love and so are we also in this world. He's remade you in the fashion of love. Even the one we referred to today, the unbelievers are spending their whole life seeking stuff. But you seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness and all the things that you need will be added to you. 
Everybody say added. You believe that? Come on, stand with me this morning. I'm going to ask the praise team to come and help us. Here's another definition for promise. Something that has the effect of an express assurance, an indication of what may be expected. Did you know God wants you to have an expectation toward Him? Did you know He loves it when you believe that He will supply the things that you need? Not just money, not just monetarily. But He loves it when you believe that He will supply. He loves it. It doesn't... This does not... Did you know there are no emotionally draining kids in the kingdom? People might wear you out, but they don't wear Him out. I mean, you can come with, you can come with the deepest needs. You can come with the biggest needs. You can come with the biggest wants on the planet, and it doesn't exhaust or exasperate Him. He actually gets thrilled that you came to Him. He actually gets thrilled that you brought it to Him. And He wants you to bring it with a yes. Would you bow your heads and close your eyes just for a moment? I want you to, I want you to just take a moment in prayer right now. And just consider your own heart, your own inner man, your own soul. I know my title's been a little bit odd, a little bit strange, but I do want to provoke you to think for a moment this morning. Have you allowed any level of rebellion or distrust to rattle around in your heart Because as it pertains to a particular need in your life, retirement, future, enjoyment, pleasure, finance, you have allowed thoughts in your heart that Father is not all that concerned about that stuff. You're going to have to work it out on your own. You're going to have to figure this out. If you've allowed that, I beg of you this morning, would you reconsider? Would you reconsider? Just that thought alone is prohibiting his coaching breakthrough, his whispers. Just that thought alone, which we recognize and know right now is not from the Holy Spirit, it's from the enemy. It's totally contrary to His Word. Second Peter 1, grace and peace be multiplied to you. For through the promises of God, He's given us everything that we need for life and godliness. Just the thought alone that Father is not concerned about what is concerning you. 
It's promoting rebellion and distrust in your heart. And it's keeping you from a breakthrough that would be partnered with Him. He wants to bring you breakthroughs so desperately. But He needs you. He needs you. to begin to download the breakthrough by trusting Him, coming with a yes, coming with an amen, coming with a so be it, coming agreeing with Him that He is sufficient. He's sufficient for your marriage. He's sufficient for your children. He's sufficient for your future. He's sufficient for your finance. He's sufficient for your health. He is sufficient. Just for your standing, just begin to pray right now, would you? Lord, we renounce distrust. Come on, just pray in a whisper tone. We renounce distrust of you. We renounce every single subtle form of rebellion right now. We welcome you to be the Papa of all Papas, the Daddy of all Daddies. We change our minds right now. Wherever we have been acting in some level of isolation or independence due to distrust quiet or subtle rebellion. We turn away from it right now. We run to you. We run to you. We run to you with a yes and an amen. You have qualified us in Jesus for every promise, everything that's on the kingdom shelves. You've qualified us to be a receiver of it. And now we pursue you with holy downloads. We pursue you with our faith, with our heartfelt faith, believing, trusting you to be the source of every single need in our lives. Worship as we go this morning, church. Love you.